You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word of God? Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say to them, I can see Jesus in you. Tell them again, say, I can see Jesus in you. See him in your eyes and I hear him in your voice. And it brings hope to my heart because I know Jesus Christ is my hope and glory. Amen. Turn to the person on the other side, look them in the eyes and say to them, I can see Jesus in you. Tell them again, so I can see Jesus in you. I see him in your eyes and I hear him in your voice. And it brings hope to my heart because I know Jesus Christ is my hope and glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So, are you ready for the word of God? Wonderful. Please stand to your feet. If you're visiting with us for the first time, this is our custom to declare the word of God before we preach the word of God. Amen. So you can just follow on the overhead and make this declaration with us. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you and say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Say, keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen. Maybe you're going through challenging times, a difficult season in your life, but when you know your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's reason for you to rejoice. Amen. I want to start this message with a quotable quote, and I want you to write it down or to memorize it, and you have to remind yourself of this every single day. The thing that God values most about you is beyond human comprehension. This is what I want you to write down. In your heart, you are made to be like God. In your heart, you are made to be like Jesus. In your heart, you are made to be like Christ. The most important thing is not to hear God's words with your ears. If God has spoken to you audibly, wonderful. If you read the word out loud, you can hear the word of God. But the most important thing is for you to hear the Word of God in your heart. Because it's all about your heart. Part of the declaration that we've made, I receive the Word of God with meekness into my heart. The Passion Translation, 1 James, or James 1 verse 21, so beautiful, it says, a sensitive spirit will absorb God's word. A sensitive spirit will absorb God's word. 
And that word of life will continually bring deliverance into your life. The word of God has got deliverance power. The word of God has got healing power. The word of God has got salvation power. The word of God has got redemption power. The word of God is like a fire. The word of God is like a hammer that can destroy a rock. very important that when we hear the word of God, the new King James says, with meekness receive the word of God into your heart, which is able to save your soul. Family, listen to me. That scripture was not written to people that don't know God. It was written to Christians. That when you receive the word of God with meekness into your heart, it's able to save your soul. Turn to the person next to you and say, the word of God has healing power. If you want to hear the word of God in your heart, you need to open up your heart. You need to have a hunger in your heart for the word of God. You know, sometimes you can talk to somebody, you can give them the best advice, but you know they're not open. They've closed themselves off. To whatever you've got to say. Have you experienced that? We are giving people good advice and they just don't listen. This is the best advice that you'll ever get, the Word of God. And Jesus is still on trial today. So we're talking about an attitude in your heart to receive the Word of God with meekness into your heart. Christianity is all about the purity of our hearts. When Jesus saves you, when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, he cleanses your heart. Cleanses your heart, a clean heart. Amen? But what you need to see God is a pure heart, not a clean heart. A clean heart is what God does when you accept his salvation. A pure heart is a heart that's not distracted by everything happening around it. Keeping its focus upon Jesus the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. And not allowing the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and all these other things to come and affect our heart. One of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 27, has got some verses in there that's really challenging. When God speaks to you and say, Seek my face. Does your heart respond and say, Your face, Lord, I will seek? Or when God says, Seek my face, say, I'm a bit busy, I have to go here, I have to do this. When God says, Be in church, does your heart say, oh, It's a sunny day, I'd rather be next to the dam. Jesus, but we love you. I'd rather be next to the dam and think about the church than be in the church and think about the dam. Aina, <laughs> amen. Turn with me to Psalm 27. I'm reading from verse 8. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. 
you still have a heart that's seeking God. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You've been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, when those that love me the most, as a child, you are the fruit of your parents' love. It says, if they forsake me, God will take care of me. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wow. David said, I would have lost heart. Faith originates from the heart of man. It says, because you said, seek my face, my heart said, I will seek you. He said, I would have lost heart. But now I can believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Turn to the person next, you say, it's not over. Tell them again, say, it's not over. Can I tell you, when you start seeking God's face, Get ready for change in your life. Get ready to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Are you ready for change? Are you ready for God to change areas in your life? Are you ready to become more like Jesus? Because this is our goal. Our goal is to become more like God. Colossians 3 verse 10 says, and have put on the new man, not the old man, the new man, who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. When you start seeking God in humility and sincerity of heart, get ready to change. Get ready to change. Seeking God is all about learning his ways. Have you ever prayed a prayer? Lord, uproot everything that is not of you and plant everything that's of you. Help me, Lord, that everything about me will be everything about you. Lord, let your fire start to burn through me and consume everything that is not of you. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? I remember when I prayed that prayer the first time as a young man on a Sunday after a service, when I went on my knees and I prayed that prayer, by the Friday I was rebuking the devil. And God said to me, why are you rebuking the devil? I'm just burning out which is not of me. Aina. Amen. Ever been through an experience like that? For gold to become gold, it must go through fire. Have you said, Lord, purify me like gold? Do you know what is the thing? We all want God to bless us. 
We want God to help us. We want God to be a healer, a deliverer, the one who brings breakthrough, who helps us. Many even want to work for God. How many are prepared to be a friend of God? Because this is what God wants. He wants relationship. He wants friendship with Him. When you say, seek His face, we are saying, I want to draw close to you. And when you draw close to God, God will draw close to you. You know, man's heart is so wonderful. Man in his own heart, Proverbs says, he sees all his ways as pure. Am I right? I know some gentlemen are getting like a nudgy in the ribs. <laughs> Who of you think your ways are pure? You've always got it right. Another gentleman, are not very wonderful. <laughs> it's the truth. By our very nature, we don't want to be deceived. We don't want to do things in the wrong way. We want to do it right. The Bible says that we all think our ways are pure in our own eyes. But as soon as we start committing our works to God, then God looks at your heart to see what's really going on. Because our hearts can deceive us very, very quickly. But if you truly want to change and you start seeking God's face, in humility and sincerity of heart, God will give you instruction. Because the Word of God, when you allow it to become an integral part of your life by its very nature, it will start to change you. It will start to challenge you. It will start to discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. When you start to say something and you're talking to someone, you think, I was really nice and they were so nasty. When you go home and you start to read the Word of God, God will say, you were actually very nasty. What you said was not right. If you truly want to change and you want the change to be permanent, you have to get into God's presence. That's why it's good to come to church on a Sunday and be in God's presence. You can have it at home as well, but when we come together corporately, God is always there. Amen? Joshua. Why was it that Joshua could enter into the promised land? Why was it that Joshua had a different spirit? We have many leaders today. But how many leaders do we have that are different? Different. Let me share you this little secret with you. That when I read it, it was so exciting. It's one of those little nuggets where God just let it, you know, when you read a scripture and it stands out, and he said, how could I have missed this? Let me take you to one of those scriptures. Exodus 33. Just go there quickly. Exodus 33, verse 11. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be so serious. You're in church. God loves you. He's paid the price in full. You can relax. Family, listen to me. Whatever situation you are facing right now, God is not embarrassed by what you are going through. He died for what you are going through on the cross to show you a more excellent way. Amen? Look at this. Verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Wow, Moses was a friend of God. A friend of God. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Do you know what that means? 
You can go read the whole story. Moses would go into the tabernacle. When he would come out, they would see the glory of God. It was so much, he had to cover his face with a veil because he said, that's too much Holy Spirit for us. Just stay away. It's too much God for us. Moses went in and out the whole time being clothed with that glory of God. But Joshua remained in the glory. He remained in the presence of the Lord. When you go to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. As a matter of fact, it says when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And you can start to see clearly. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we all as beholding into a mirror are being changed from glory to glory. We are being transformed in the presence of God. We all. So number one, can I tell you, you don't change on your own. If you want to change, you need people around you. You need other Christians around you. You need to be part of a church, then you change. On your own, you become weird. Because then you have the conversation with yourself. Proverbs 18 says, A man that isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. On your own, you have conversations with yourself. And sometimes you can give yourself wrong advice. Amen. Romans says that we should not be conformed to this world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Ephesians 4 verse 23 it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. The new man is created in righteousness and holiness. So guess what happens? Once you are born again and you start seeking the kingdom of God, guess what you're going to seek? You're going to seek righteousness. If you're a kingdom seeker, if you are seeking the face of God, you are seeking his righteousness. What is the thing that's causing all the challenges in your life? Unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is the thing that's causing the challenges in your life. So if unrighteousness is coming against you, and you respond in unrighteousness, guess what? Nothing is going to change. When people do things against you that are wrong, the way you respond can be even worse. Am I talking to the right people? Have somebody said something and you said, did you just say what? You want a piece of my mind? And you said things afterwards. We thought, oh God, was I even on church on Sunday? Don't raise your hand. Am I talking to the right people here? Your problem is unrighteousness. The thing that's coming against you is unrighteousness. And the way you counter unrighteousness is not with unrighteousness. You don't fight fire with fire. When unrighteousness is coming against you, you continue to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. You continue to plant righteous seeds. When unrighteousness is coming against you, you continue to plant righteous seeds. Because then you'll know you'll have a righteous harvest. Turn to the person next you say, seek his face. When you look at Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Verse 34 says, 
Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. His mercies are new every day. The grace that God gives you, the mercy that God gives you is for today. Amen? You don't have grace for tomorrow to worry about those things. Tomorrow God will give you the grace and the mercy to handle with those things. You can plant the right seeds today. Righteousness to know that you will have a righteous harvest tomorrow. But don't worry about tomorrow. The kingdom way is for successful living. Amen? Successful living comes by giving God the rightful place in your heart. You know what I'm talking about? When I'm talking about righteousness, you're talking about the cross. Turn to the person next to you and say, do you know what's the purpose of the cross? The purpose of the cross is to strip away everything that's not of God. The purpose of the cross is to strip away unrighteousness and to bring change in your life. The purpose of the cross is to change your focus from self-confidence into confidence in Christ Jesus. That's the purpose of the cross. Who of you had experienced some stripping away? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 teaches us that when we accept Christ, all the old things have passed away. Everything has become new. Everything about you has become new. Can you believe that? The old things have passed away and all things have become new. Can you accept that? Can I have one amen? An awareness of God's righteousness bring an awareness of God's power. It's then when things can start to change in our lives. Paul said this is the way that you do it. You have to be crucified with Christ. Galatians 2 verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. He says, but the life that I'm living now, I'm living it through the Holy Spirit that's helping me. The Spirit of God working on the inside of me. If you want resurrection power in your life, do you have areas in your life that's dead? Do you have areas in your life that needs to be resurrected? Do you have areas in your life that needs the life of God? The relationship between resurrection power that will change things in your life, bring new life, is directly linked to the degree of death. No death of Christ, no resurrection power. Because Christ died, there's resurrection power. What do we confess? We confess with our mouths. Jesus died. We believe that he was raised from the dead. With our mouths, we made confession unto salvation. But with our hearts, we believe unto righteousness. When you do that in humility and sincerity of heart, the Holy Spirit affects that prayer. And he sanctifies, he cleanses your heart. And your heart becomes righteous. That righteousness is not for those who confess it. Many people confess, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. It's for those who believe it. Are you a Christian outwardly or are you a Christian inwardly? That's the question. Are you a Christian outwardly or are you a Christian inwardly? You know, I can be a pastor outwardly. 
or I can be a pastor inwardly. You can worship God outwardly or you can worship God inwardly. He said, you draw close with your mouths, your heart is far from me. When we say we see God's face, we are saying, God, I want to learn your ways. You know what's the challenge? We think God's ways are our ways. We think God must do it our way. Even Jesus' disciples thought they would tell Jesus how to do things. Remember the sons of Zebedee? They came to Jesus. They said, Jesus, you know, we've read the Old Testament. We know there was Elisha that called down fire. These people, we just want to take this off your hands. You know, we know you're very busy. Can we call down fire and just sort these guys out quickly? <laughs> Have you got some people in the last week you want to call some fire down on them? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. Jesus said to them, you don't know what spirit you are. You're operating in killing, stealing, and destroying. I've not come to judge. I've not come to kill. I've come to bring life and life in abundance. When you say, God, I want to seek your face, he's going to challenge everything about you because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But when you have the revelation and you know that you've been crucified with Christ and you no longer live and Christ lives on the inside of you, when they curse you, they're not cursing you, they're cursing Christ. That's why he says, when they curse you, bless them very quickly. When they despitefully use you, they're not despitefully using you. They're despitefully using me. Pray for them. It says, move in the opposite spirit. What did Jesus say when he was hanging on the cross, being clothed with your unrighteousness and my unrighteousness? What did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. You need a revelation of God. You need God to touch your heart, to know that what they are doing, they're not doing it to you. They're doing it to God. David had an understanding of this when the giant faced him. He said, you've not come against me. You've come against God. When people are stealing from you, misusing you, cursing you, despitefully using you, whatever, lying about you, they're not doing it against you. They're doing it against the God on the inside of you. But how will you respond? Will you respond in righteousness or will you respond in unrighteousness? The spirit of man is a lamp unto the Lord, is a candle unto the Lord. And he searches the most inner parts of your heart. You know what we have to do? We have to look beyond what we see with our natural eyes and look deeper right into the heart because that's what God does. It's not just drawing close with our mouths. God, I love you. Do you love him from here? Can I tell you something? You can say you're close to God. God knows if you're close to him. You can say you love God. God knows if you really love him. You can say you worship him, but God knows if you're really worshiping him. All because of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit working in us and through us. Anybody can say, be healed, but it's the Holy Spirit that heals. You can say, be blessed, but it's the Holy Spirit that blesses. 
Man can even say no to sin, but you can only say yes to righteousness when the Holy Spirit is involved. So you can say, I forgive you, or forgive me, but only when it's done in humility and sincerity of heart. He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you do it in humility and sincerity of heart, then you can be clothed with the righteousness of God. Can you see the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life? It's the Holy Spirit that regenerates your spirit when you become born again. If the Holy Spirit does not affect what you are confessing, you're not born again. You can say Jesus, 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 but the Holy Spirit must affect it. A willing heart, a hungry heart, a sincere heart seeking the things of God. I'm going to close with this. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Don't know what they are doing. That's sometimes really difficult, amen? Especially when somebody has now done something not once or twice, but five times or ten times or a hundred times. Remember Peter, Peter came to Jesus very spiritually. He says, somebody's done something wrong. Shall we say we forgive them seven times? No, I'm not going to do it once, Jesus. I'm going to go for the godly number seven. <laughs> what did Jesus say? He said, no, 70 times seven. Forgive. Let it go. We need God's presence in our life. In the book of Judges, I think it's Judges 16, it's one of the most scariest scriptures in the Bible that I've ever read. About Samson. The Bible says the Spirit of God had departed from him and he did not even know it. That means he was coming to church, clapping hands, singing songs, praying, but God had left and he didn't even know it because he was not used to getting into God's presence, being aware of his presence, seeking his face. Stephen gets to a place where he's just preaching the gospel. A matter of fact, they get angry because he tells them the truth. He says, you don't want to receive the Holy Spirit. You don't want the spirit that will sanctify your heart, cleanse your heart in your lives. You are religious. You're not interested in a relationship. The Bible says they got so angry, they gnashed on his, their teeth. You can go read it in Acts, 5, or Acts 7, from verse 54 to 60. Got so angry, they gnashed on their teeth. It sounds like um, Psalm 27, when God said, seek my face. My heart said, Lord, your face I will seek. Just go to Psalm 27 quickly for me, that scripture. Can I read it to you? Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence, I would have lost heart, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And verse 11, he says, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. That middle part, if you take it out, he's actually saying, teach me your way because of my enemies. Can I tell you something? 
We need God's ways with our enemies more than ever before. Are you angry with some people? Some people wronged you this year? Anybody got angry with somebody? Just raise your hand, be honest. Can I tell you something? If you want to go into the new year and see God, you're going to have to let go of those enemies. David is saying here, Lord, teach me the way because I am going to go and have a Zebedee moment and call fire down. Maybe I've created something new now, a Zebedee moment. When I want to call, <laughs> I'm having a Zebedee moment. I feel like calling fire down on somebody, but I'm not going to do it. Ntatimo for King, have you had a Zebedee moment this year? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we all have them. A Zebedee moment. Amen. I like that. <laughs> Where they wanted to call down fire. But David says here, teach me your way. What is the right way with my enemies? Because the way that you respond can be worse than what your enemies are doing. The way we respond can be worse. But we have to show the more excellent way. Stephen here, he realizes he's going to die. And he knows if he's going to see God, he needs a pure heart. The distractions around him cannot influence him. And the Bible says, as he looks up to heaven, he sees heaven opening up and he sees Jesus. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is seated next to the Father. He is seated next to the Father. What does he say? What is he seeing? He's being filled of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Family, do you know what's happened? Jesus is standing up. You know, we stand up when we want to give honor to people. We stand up to give people uh, a standing ovation. Jesus got up and he says, let me just see what is he going to do. Has he been conformed to the likeness of Christ? And the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of his faith, he saw the glory of heaven, Jesus standing up and he says, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they are doing. He says, Father, don't keep this, don't charge this against them. Wow. He had a revelation that if he wants to enter into glory, he needs a pure heart. He needs a heart that's offense-free. And at that very moment, he was not looking at his offenders, killing him, hating them. But he was looking to Jesus, planting a righteous seed and saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. He didn't allow anything to distract his heart. Yes, give the Lord a hand. Christ has become his way. And he had been conformed to Jesus' way, dying to himself on the cross and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through him and say, don't charge them, don't charge them, don't charge them. Wow. What a man. 
we stand up for people and give honor to people. God, who created the heavens and the earth, formed you, made you, got up for Stephen. I'm asking God, will you get up for me the way I've been living? Will you get up for me when I close my eyes? Because if that's the requirement, we need more of the Holy Spirit. We need to say, Lord, take more of me and give me more of you. Help me, Lord, that everything about me will be everything about you. Please stand to your feet. I want you to pray a prayer. Amen. Are you ready to pray a prayer? Are you ready to pray a prayer? Put your hand on your heart. Let me hear you pray. Say, precious Father, grant unto me a humble heart, a sincere heart, a heart that is quick to forgive, a heart that will not beg grudges. Act in me, Lord, that my thoughts will be holy. Act in me that my words will be holy. Act in me that my deeds will be holy. Make my words as pure and holy as yours. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me and touch my heart. Place a genuine desire in my heart for your word and for your holiness. Right now, Lord, I forgive all those that have been breathing out violence towards me because I would have lost heart if I'd not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. Right there where you're standing, keep your right hand on your heart. Pray this prayer aloud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. I am now a child of the Most High God, in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said... Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. Don't talk about your past anymore. Your past is Egypt, the place of bondage where Israel found themselves. But God took them out of Egypt to the promised land. Amen. Start talking about your good future. If I can give you some good advice, connect to a team. Get planted in a living church. When you're in a living church, you are linked up with the reservoir of God's power because nobody can survive on their own. I need you like you need me. You have strengths I don't have, but I have strengths you don't have. So we need each other. So first, connect to a team. Get involved in a church. Number two, discover the dream. Discover your gifts that God has placed on the inside of you. Amen? Because you have to use those talents to glorify His name. 
He didn't just bless you to be a blessing, or He didn't just bless you so that you can be blessed yourself. He blessed you to be a blessing. Amen? He's given you things. Discover those gifts. And then lastly, serve in a dream team. Become part and use it to strengthen the body of Christ. Ephesians says, when every member finds its rightful place, the body will start to edify itself in love. Not the pastor edifying you and saying, great, let's, you, when you find your place, the body will edify itself in love. Amen. So connect to a team, discover your dream, and then serve in a dream team. That's the way that you finish strong. Amen. Hallelujah. Has your faith been lifted? Are you ready to go out and to see God's face even more? We have to prepare our hearts. Not start seeking God next year. See God now already. Start laying that foundation. All the junk of this year, leave it behind. Amen. The traps of the enemy, offenses and hurts, leave it so that we can run for God next year like never before. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.